And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, you are now tuned into anything's potable, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause, like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital. Welcome like to Anything is Potable, the Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan, and I am joined, as always, by the kid, the god, the legend himself, Celtics beat reporter from The Athletic, Jay King, ladies and gentlemen, and we are coming to you right after the Celtics dismantle, drub the Atlanta Hawks, uh, and continue their win streak extended to eight games And this was not a story about Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who had decent nights, but this was the Celtics bench uh, combining for 44 points. The Celtics had a ridiculous amount of three-pointers, 21 for 46 tonight, and got contributions from like the bench, as I mentioned. Derek White had 16 points. Grant Williams had 18 points. And despite Malcolm Brogdon being hurt, despite... Uh, some guys missing some games on some back-to-backs. I think the Celtics have just been incredibly impressive over their last three games of, one, the bench stepping up, and two, just uh, finding ways to win. Jay, what's kind of stood out to you, I guess, uh, most? We can start with this Hawks game and then talking back. Like, What stood out to you the most about the Celtics' performance against the Hawks in Atlanta? Uh, Yeah, the Celtics right now are just – they're kind of a machine. Uh, like Marcus Smart didn't play. Malcolm Brogdon didn't play. Those are their best two point guards. And it didn't matter. They just played the same style that they've had the rest of the season. They found open three-pointers. Derek White, who like has the lowest usage rate of his career right now, was all of a sudden with the ball in his hands and making plays. And he's obviously capable of doing a lot more than he normally does. And on a night when he they needed it from him, he was really, really good. Uh, and then, you know, Pritchard doesn't play most of the season. Malcolm Brogdon gets hurt. He comes in and just helps right away, has had good games every game since Brogdon got injured. Uh, and they just they just feel like a team that, that knows what it is, that knows what it wants to get, and has committed to – doing that on a nightly basis. Um, and obviously that's that's borne out in in the eight straight wins, but I think it's also borne out in just the brand of basketball that they've played regardless of who's been on the court lately. And that's the most impressive thing. Like they had stretches tonight where Cornette and Blake Griffin were both on the court. <laughs> and like that's that's not a front court you want most of the time in the modern NBA. But but it worked, and Cornette was awesome. Cornette had not just one, but two reverse dunks. He blocked Trey Young jumper in isolation. This should have this should have counted as a double double game for Cornette. Th- I think if you get 
two reverse dunks. That's a double double. And four out. blocks and fourteen points. Uh, yeah, for fifteen. We'll count points. this as a double double game. But the just the Celtics offense. Yes, they hit a lot of threes, and it was uh, very impressive. Sam Hauser doesn't seem to miss. Grant Williams four for seven. He had a couple of nice pump and sidestep threes. Uh, Prayton Pritchard was four of six from deep. Like it was impressive the amount of like the shot making from the Celtics, but the amount of just open shots they were able to generate, I think, was the most impressive thing. In like uh, they had. 29 assists on 48 field goals. Like the, the, the ball movement, the unselfish play. You mentioned Derek White. He had 10 assists tonight. Um, Jason Tatum, who shot the ball, frankly, terribly. He was three of 10 from three, six of 19 from the field, but he also had eight assists. It just felt like the Celtics know what they're doing on offense and uh, moving the ball around. And as soon as like anyone on the Hawks like w- would help on a drive, the Celtics like made the right passes and-, and would find the open guy. And they just have so much more shooting depth this year off the bench than they've had in past years. Like it's a real luxury to be able to bring in Hauser um, and Peyton Pritchard off the bench and-, and Derek White and Grant Williams. They both got the start tonight. Um, but those guys were just also just putting shooting around Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown just makes this offense so much more lethal. And it feels like they're extremely committed to let's drive the ball and then let's move the ball around. And they just got so many open looks tonight. And like, that's the, like, that's the reason why they got 21 threes. And that's why they've already set the record for most threes in a game this season. It's just like, they keep getting all of these great looks. Um, And it's the reason why they have the best offense in the league right now. Yeah. And, and when they are fully healthy, when Robert Williams is back, they will bring Hauser, Brogdon, Grant Williams, and Peyton Pritchard, if he's even in the rotation at that time, off the bench. And Derek White. And Derek White. Like, <laughs> this is an extremely deep team. And Hauser emerging has just given them – that's a real – that's a game changer for them. Um because he puts so much pressure on a deep. It's not just that he's like standing still and making shots. He is setting a ton of screens. He is racing around the perimeter. He is cutting hard. He is forcing teams to really, really guard him at all times. And he's enough of a shooting threat that that matters. They, he has a lot of gravity out there. They lost, The Hawks lost him just like once in transition. And it was just like, boom, quick pass there, quick shot. And it's just like... For that to be a, like on the def- the defense's mind, like where you have to immediately pick up Sam Hauser, like where, like that's the first thing on your mind in transition. It just so, puts so much more uh more of a threat on the defense. But there was just times where it's like if you didn't immediately pick Hauser up tonight, he was going to make you pay. And that's just like the, I can't remember the last guy like that the Celtics have had um who's just like that much of a threat from from deep to coming off their Eddie bench. House. Was it Eddie House probably? It probably would have to be Eddie House, but I don't even think Eddie was like – I mean, it was a different NBA back I mean, then. Didn't didn't Eddie lead the league in three-point shooting? Set the Celtics single-season record one year or almost to it? You, you tell me, man. I, don't, I, I cannot confirm nor deny. I cannot confirm nor deny either, but that's my memory. I'm, I'm going to check while we're on this podcast. Because um, that's the type of research I do. That's fair. I'll 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 change my statement to the Brad Stevens era. I can't remember uh, shooting from there, but Hauser was yeah. He he shot forty four point four percent from three one year off the bench. 
Not bad. I mean, that's almost like Sam Hauser levels. Uh, <laughs> plus 35 tonight. Uh, I thought it was like the Celtics did a, a pretty decent job on defense, but the Hawks are a weird team in that they're, they just love mid-range jump shots. If you look at the picture of just like the shot charts of these two teams on NBA.com, it's like so many red X's for some long twos for the for the Hawks, and the Celtics pretty much, save for two or three Jalen jumpers, were in the paint or behind the three-point line. And so it feels like the Celtics are really have um, a pretty solid approach on the offensive end, but they're playing a more of a drop defense and kind of like willingly conceding the mid-range. And it was going to be interesting to see like kind of how they matched up with the Hawks tonight uh, because the Hawks love to take the mid-range. But those are just kind of the shots they were welcoming. And um, I don't know if they were played phenomenally on defense, but like when you were outscoring the Hawks by what they had 14 more threes than the Hawks. So that's a quick math, 42 more points. When you're outscoring them 42 points from deep, like you can play league average defense and it's not going to matter. Yeah, the and the I mean the the most impressive part was that the Celtics had seven players in double figures, even with Smart, Brogdon, and Robert Williams all sitting. Like those are three guys in their closing lineup, and they still had seven guys in double figures. Their bench was nine of ten from the field at halftime, and. Six of six from the three-point arc, and or six of seven. Sorry, Justin Jackson was the only one who missed a shot off the bench in that first half, and he's not usually going to be a guy who's on the court. Um, but yeah, th- this this felt like one of those games where like one team knows exactly what it is, exactly what it wants to get, and it was the Celtics, and their offense has kind of become that where they they know what they're going to do. They get what they want. They just kind of ransack teams and end up with like 120-something points and shoot better than 50% from the field. Another 54.5% night tonight, which is like pretty normal for them. They, they've been, I think, over 53% in like five, five of their last seven games or four of their last six games or something, which is just outrageous for an NBA team. Uh their offense is just on a totally different level right now from basically anybody else. It's hilarious that Jalen Brown shot 10 of 17 tonight because he didn't do much of anything for a while and then just went off for like four minutes in the fourth quarter. Yeah, he he got in foul trouble early in the third quarter and they were up seven and then he sat the rest of the third quarter and at the end of the third quarter they were up by I think like 22. Like he's, he did not play in the third quarter and it did not. He played 23 minutes, had 22 points. Which is which is absolutely wild. Uh, he played only a minute twenty two seconds in the in the third quarter, and the Celtics outscored the Hawks thirty five twenty five in that, and that's where they they were seven of twelve from deep. Um, I think the thing that's really impressed me about the Celtics over these last three games is that the piss like they found different ways to win. Like this game was obviously a, a thrashing, and, and the bench stepped up. But the Thunder, they obviously, I think they they came out a little flat. Uh, but in a game they could have easily dropped, they they kind of got their shit together there late and and made 
made plays on the defensive end. A lot of that was, uh, I thought Pritchard did a good job in that game. Um, and they, they won a game that they easily could have lost. And then the game before that with, with Jalen Brown out, Brogdon out, Horford out, they really rode Jason Tatum to be, uh, like, um, just the star player that he is and kind of willed them to victory. There's just like a situations in which they could have, uh, let the, let game slip or relied on their bench, but they've found ways to win when not having all their guys out there. And I think it shows, um, it's either a, a, just a commitment to the, I'm going to throw out a real a cliche here, but it's like championship habits of like winning those games that you like, you could, could easily let slip away. And I think it also just shows that they have so much depth. Like how much of a luxury is it for Peyton Pritchard just to come off the bench after not being in the rotation at all. And for him to have the impact he's having, it's just shows like Brad Stevens has done a phenomenal job of kind of putting this team together um, where on some nights, you know what, you're going to rely on your star like Jason Tatum, but on a night like tonight where he clearly doesn't have it, there's so many other guys right now who are who can step up and are stepping up for the Celtics. And now they've won eight in a row, first team in the NBA to 12 wins. Everything seems to be going quite swimmingly for them. Yeah, poor Peyton Pritchard, man. Because <laughs> he's playing really well. He changed that Thunder game. Uh, he came in, put a ton of ball pressure uh, helped contribute to a bunch of turnovers, especially for Josh Giddy, and had a pretty like underrated big play at the end of the first half tonight. I say underrated. I hate when people say underrated of <laughs> over something that's that's not at all rated. But yeah, I just you are you are the first one rating it right now. This is this is the first opportunity to establish its rating. I, I am literally the only person who will ever rate this this shot. Um, but the the Hawks finished off the second quarter strong, or were about to finish off the second quarter strong, cut the deficit to six, and then Pritchard hit just a bomb from about 30 feet to send it back to nine and kind of just reestablished the Celtics' lead there going into halftime and finished with 14 points, four of six from deep. Like, just has done a really good job since Brogdon got hurt. And as soon as Brogdon comes back, like, he'll probably just – go to not playing any minutes at all like that that just sucks <laughs> yeah no it's tough for uh tough for Peyton Pritchard <laughs> that just really sucks and there, like there's nothing I don't think that Joe Missoula could do unless he wants to play extremely small like aggressively small lineups why not play four um, point guards yeah the, it, it just doesn't work. Is there um, uh, is there any reason to be, I guess, concerned about Brogdon's injury? Like he's not a guy who's been a beacon of health throughout his career. Um, I don't really didn't see what happened to him in the Nuggets game, um, but now he's been out. Do you think the Celtics are just being extremely cautious because of that injury history, uh, or what's going on with Brogdon? Uh, I mean. There's definitely a level of concern just because it's Brogdon and just because he does have the injury history that he does. Um, that said, it, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a long-term injury. It seems like he'll be back soon. And because of the way the roster is, they have Peyton Pritchard to bring on the nights when, when Brogdon's not in. And they have Derek White to start. And Derek White, like we probably haven't talked enough about how very good he was against Atlanta. He was he was making a lot of plays off the bounce. Um, that first quarter, he just kind of did everything. And 
you know, I think he's one of the guys who's probably had to sacrifice the most of anybody on the team because, like I said before, his usage rate, lowest of his career. Um, he was starting for a while, and then they decided that the smaller starting lineup wasn't right, and they went to Grant Williams instead. Now he's coming off the bench. He's losing touches to Malcolm Brogdon, uh, who's in charge of the bench offense when both those guys are together. So it's just – and he doesn't seem to care. Like Derek White seems to be the absolute team first player um, who's just kind of going to make the right play, going to set screens, going to do all the hustle stuff no matter what. And that's super valuable because we saw it tonight. He's capable of more. He did more in San Antonio. He's done more in Boston on the nights when he's been given more opportunities. And – but he doesn't have to, and he doesn't care if he doesn't, which which is really important. I think, you know, we probably don't spend a lot of time talking about how much Derek White gives up to to help the Celtics, but he has has really uh, allowed himself to be played in a smaller role without giving any less effort, any less like he hasn't gotten selfish at all. He just continues to make the right play. Uh, so it's pretty impressive. And he's shooting with like confidence. He's a very quick trigger on the shot. And did I forgive me hand up. I was not like that familiar with Derek White's offensive game when he was a San Antonio spur, but his like little floater in his lane of a touch on his floater um, is quite impressive. And he's, he's done like a very good job of getting to the rim. And especially in this game, just getting into the paint and, and making passes. Um, you're right. He's, He's not traditionally the guy who's going to have the ball in his hands and kind of be the facilitator of offense, but just having that luxury of him being able to step up and do that is is huge for the Celtics. And it just goes back to something that there's a reason why their offense kind of took off last year after the trade deadline, where it's just having a guy who can put the ball on the floor and, and make plays and make a, be a playmaker, um, make plays and be a playmaker. That's some good analysis there. Uh, and the addition of Brogdon is just, there's, it makes sense why the Celtics uh, offense has been playing so well. Um, just they've brought in so many talented guys and just they, it felt like they got the kind of the playmakers in there and then they've, they've surrounded those playmakers with excellent shooting. Um, Grant Williams just continues to impress off the dribble. Uh, he's another guy that just clearly has added to his game. Um, I, I mentioned his sidestep threes earlier. I love it when he uh, is able to execute that, but every time he goes to the basket, it feels like he's either getting to the rim or, or making a nice play. And it just feels like the Celtics bench right now, as you mentioned it, when Rob Williams comes back, they have Grant, who's a uh, knockdown shooter, can make plays off the dribble. Sam Hauser, uh, just an amazing shooter. Derek White, who can knock down threes and make plays off the dribble. Malcolm Brogdon, who can knock down threes and make plays off the dribble. It's just it's like exactly the type of players you want surrounding Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Yeah, I, I, the one thing I'll say about your Grant off the dribble thing, there was one play where he just lost the ball and looked extremely awkward. Um, That's going to happen. Other, you got to try. You got effort. <laughs> the other plays were all impressive. He he truck-sticked. Oh, yeah, uh, that should have been a charge. Was he, it Hunter? Yeah. I think it was Hunter. He absolutely truck-sticked him after Hunter, like, hounded him in the corner. Um But, yeah, he, he's definitely showing off some off-the-dribble game. It's not like a ton of off-the-dribble game. 
but it's enough with the level of shooter that he's been. It's enough to take advantage of yeah. some of the closeouts and and take advantage of of all the space that that he's been given. The Celtics spacing is just it's been really impressive. Guys have a lot of room uh, to kind of operate. I think you saw that when Jalen Brown was doing his thing at the beginning of the fourth quarter. He was just kind of going one on one and like literally just one on one and just just beating his man and and not worrying about anybody else. And that was it. Yeah, they can really work. play when Horford's in the game, they can play five out and like create a lot of space. And if it's not Horford, um, Luke Cornett, but they can still like run high pick and roll and have shooters surrounding that. And there's so much spacing there that like Jalen was getting to the rim with ease. Derek White was getting to the rim with ease. It just allows um, their offense to be great. How is, oh, go I got it. a question for you. Is Luke Cornett good? I've been trying to tell you he is. He's he, he's a double double machine. I think he's the he's, double double machine who has never gotten. Yeah, the machine's game. gearing up. You got to get the. You got to like build that engine, and eventually he was close. He was close. He was close. Fifteen points tonight, eight rebounds, four blocks, two reverse dunks. I would say he's good. I'm not going to say he's great, but. He's like his defense is solid. He blocked Trey Young on a three. Do you know who had a double double in his first NBA game ever? I hope it's Luke Cornett. <laughs> Luke Cornett, double double machine. Let me tell you, that's that's the, exactly what he was put onto the court to do. I do think he's good. I think he's eleven points, ten rebounds, and four blocks in his NBA debut in two thousand eighteen. I think. I think he's good enough where the Celtics don't need to trade for a backup big at the deadline. Like, I think he's shown that he is. You think he's good enough to be their backup big in the playoffs? With a healthy Rob Williams? Absolutely. I think he can play two six-minute stretches, and I don't think they're going to need him for more than that in the playoffs. Okay, but but part of the whole thing with Williams and Horford is one of them has a long injury history. The other one is 36 years old. You could need the backup big to start in the playoffs, and and that's where you might lose me at Cornet. But but he's showing he's showing more and more. Um, he's a big reverse dunk guy. He like, loves the reverse dunk. Loves the reverse dunk. It it's like it's like NBA Jam. Um, he just just goes in there, doesn't really look at the rim, just tosses it. I'm not even sure he touches the the rim when he does it. He's got some flair on that reverse dunk. <laughs> big big reverse dunk guy. Um, but the the block on Trey Young was really impressive. Well, his, the really impressive block on Trey Young, and then like his blocks in the interior. I just think he gets himself in the right position, and he's a smart basketball player. I think if you give me the uh, caveat that's like okay now he's started in the playoffs and now it's like oh he's playing down the stretch in the playoffs where the game slows down and people can really target him do I want him guarding on the perimeter not especially uh but I think I don't know exactly what the option is I know there's been some Jakob Pertle rumors recently I don't know where those necessarily came from I don't know unless they're willing to do just a straight Peyton Pritchard for Jakob Pertle deal I don't I don't know like who you give up we're talking about Gall- Gallinari's contract. Um, Peyton Pritchard could be a piece, second-round picks, uh, something if, like that. If that's all it takes, if it's just second-round picks, Peyton Pritchard and Gallinari, then 
for sure. I'm all for it. I don't know if the, the, the Spurs are going to do that. Um, I, I, I would just do that mostly out of mercy to Peyton Pritchard. Like the, the man deserves some minutes. Um, I think then do you have like a log jam at like when Rob Williams eventually does come back? Like is Jakob Pertl upset because he's been a starting NBA center and now he's playing uh, presumably less than 20 minutes a game? I don't know. I think it's tough to be like ad, like advocating for the Celtics need a trade when they're they have the best record in the NBA and uh, are on an eight game winning streak. But that's just me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Cornette, he's been pretty good. And. And they've been much better since he became the backup big man. Oh, he's like been the, worlds better the than Von Lee or Blake and Blake Griffin. Griffin experiment. I don't really know why Joe Mazzola did that. Was he <laughs> was he just trying to make a point? Like, sorry, Luke, you missed all of preseason. These other guys have been here. I'm going to give them a chance first. I don't know. But in retrospect, that looks like a really weird choice. Really weird to... To throw Earned, Vonley not and Blake given. Griffin there. Earned, not given for Luke Cornette. He needed to prove it to Because Cornette, he's been solid. He's been solid. Um, not great, but but solid. It's interesting to me. He used to launch three-pointers, and now he never really takes them. He did tonight. Hit it from the corner. But he has taken like far less than one per game. That was his fourth fourth three-point attempt of the whole season. And he used to take like seven per 36 minutes. I believe that's that might even be his career average. So well, that is his just- 7.2 threes per 36 minutes is his career average. And now he just hardly ever takes three-pointers. Well, it feels like when he's out on the perimeter setting picks, they're mostly asking him to roll. Like I'm not seeing a lot of pick-and-pop game with Luke Cornett. Um, and he shouldn't be shooting a lot of threes. Like he's never been particularly good at it, even though he's <laughs> he's tried. And what are you but talking about here? <laughs> I'm I'm just saying it's it's a notable change from from the corn dog. <laughs> the corn dog is a better nickname than Green Cornet. I'm for that. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. 
We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, let's go to Michael M. right now, and then we'll wrap up with some some stuff from the junk drawer. But Michael, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us on Anything is Potable. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah, buddy. Hey, wanted to say I appreciate the work y'all do. Uh, you guys Thanks, are great man. for Celtics coverage. Um, I do have a question. This is my second time on the show. First time was back in uh, maybe January of last year. And I asked, is there any way we can trick a team into taking Cantor and Schroeder? <laughs> <laughs> Turns out there was. Turns, Turns out there was. was. I'm amazed at the way this team's been playing. Uh, call it luck. Call it Raphael Stone not knowing what he's doing. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, um, I love how you, it still all goes back to Schroeder in your mind. He's a fan of the podcast. He knows. He knows. <laughs> he's the anti-Derek White. Derek White can move the ball, quick decisions, knows when to drive, knows when to pass. Schroeder's, uh, well, he's not that. <laughs> Um, my question is, when when we did that podcast, it was it was radio silence as the answer. It was it was completely flat, and I I don't know if that's potable because I think <laughs> if it's completely silent, oh, wow. why would somebody turn but, that on the podcast? Uh, fl- flip side, flip side. We're talking about it now, which means it is by definition potable. Oh, you just got pretzeled. Yeah, but I potted it. Yeah, yeah well, well, yeah, because anything is potable. Yeah, but when I tried to pot it, you guys didn't pot it. Yeah, because we yeah, knew. Well, now we're potting it, are we? Proving that anything is potable. Because we knew it would again. eventually be potable. You, <laughs> you just got lawyered by the one who's not even a lawyer. Damn. I can take that Damn. 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 All right, well, keep up the great work. Oh, thank you for for letting us prove yet again that anything is potable in a roundabout way. In a very roundabout way. All right, it's been a while. We got to wrap up. Jay's got to go work, but I got to squeeze in one more call from another kid, another god, another legend himself, Joshua B. Joshua B. You got to be hyped. I was just I was just gonna ask where the hell is Josh B. Been? I'm I'm, I'm right here, and I just want to say that you guys are underselling it. We're world beaters. <laughs> this is the real deal. This is like everything you were bitching about last year is happening right in front of your eyes. Oh, the Celtics can't shoot. The Celtics don't have enough offense. All year long, all we listened to was Kevin Durant just had all this, was so dangerous because you never can bet against Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Now you have Sam Hauser. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're, we're not, we're not going to go from Kevin Durant to Sam Hauser and – and act like that's like some comparison there. 
Uh, yeah, we can sure do it. <laughs> let let Joshua B. cook. Let him cook. <laughs> off, off the bench. Now you've got the offense that you've wished for. And I'll say this. You can give me all the Yakum Pertle that you want. I can't think of a better defensive player to add to this team that's out there, that's available, than Robert Williams. Period. And that, and now that, that's thinking that's that's using your old noggin there, Joshua. Yeah, yeah, like the yeah man. I'm picking so up, what you're, up what you're putting down. down. So now you've got a, you've got guards in the you've got guards in Malcolm Brogdon, Marcus Smart, um, Derek White, and the best of them all, Peyton Pritchard. You've got wings in Sam Hauser, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum, and you have centers in Al Horford and apparently Luke Cornett. And Noah Vonley's in the spot where he belongs on the bench, and Blake Griffin is waving a towel. What's missing? The answer is Robert Williams. Best roster, no need to make a trade, 12-3, and eight wins in a row. Who's stopping us other than Milwaukee? The answer is nobody. Period. There you go. That's what's potable. That's how you end a potable. <laughs> oh, I missed you. It's great to have you back, yeah, Josh. I missed you, Joshua. This was an electric return, too. It just just came in hot. Sort of a, a KD to Sam Hauser comparison, no, or at me- least like <laughs> put them in the same sentence. Immediate KD-Sam Hauser comparison. But his the, his point remains, and I think his best point was, Who's the best big man who's available he could add to the Celtics team? Robert Williams. Like I that I didn't I did not see that coming. I thought he was gonna like come up with some like random NBA backup right now, but no. He he nailed it. This team is on a roll right now, eight games in a row, uh just scoring points galore. Have easily the best offense in the league. Robert Williams uh, apparently is on track, doing well, um, and he's wearing an all purple suit. Uh, not a suit, a kind of a, a sweatsuit on the sideline next to Danilo Gallinari. What, what, what's a, the other junk? Is, is this is the beginning of the junk? Um, yes, this is the beginning of the junk. Then please, please continue with more junk. Then I didn't mean to interrupt your junk. Oh yeah, well he was sitting next to Danilo Gallinari, who was uh, in a uh, seemingly jean jacket over a tie dye T shirt, which I thought was a strong look. Um. Did you know? Did you watch on ESPN or ESPN or uh, NBC Sports Boston tonight? I watched on uh, the Athletic. <laughs> Talk about junk! Uh, that response. I, I, I will not give promotion to any other company on on this podcast. Well, on a certain other national basketball broadcast company, they've been starting doing this thing where they. For every single coach interview, they'll do like a walk-in talk from the locker room out onto the court, and it's very awkward, and I don't understand why they do it, um, but it's uh, it's weird, and I generally like it. Um, we've mentioned Cornette's reverse dunk. <laughs> if, if you don't know the purpose and don't seem to get it, why do you like it? Because they're trying something different. I just like the idea of like we got to make some, we got to make this presentation cool. Like let's do something a little bit different. Like I appreciate the process. It's all about the process, not necessarily the results for me. Um, which leads, See, I feel like I feel like that makes it sort of like the the no look pass. That's not really a no look pass. Like they're just they're just pretending to throw the no look pass. Like looking away at the last second. Like trying to pretend they're doing something when they're really not. Yeah, but I'm, Just I'm a guy. Fucking stand there like a normal person and interview the guy. <laughs> no, no, the walk and talk with Lisa Salters is key. I mean, I'm a guy who likes any Marcus Smart behind the back pass, even when it's like 
in a terrible situation. And so um, I like the walk and talk. I like innovation in the basketball broadcast. So I'm here for that. Um, speaking of process, not results. Uh, and this is my final thing. Joe Missoula is Brad Stevens. Like if you listen to him talk after the he, game. He is exactly Brad Stevens. It's all can't get high, can't get too low. Like uh, humility. Uh, process, not results. Like I, I, uh, I've been upset after some wins and, you know, happy after some losses. It's about trusting your teammates, impacting winning. Uh, it's like he is, play, he is playing the Brad Stevens playbook perfectly. He really is. Like he might be more Brad than Brad. That's he's Brad two That's kind of where. That's kind of where I stand on this. He he's more Brad than Brad. Like has some corny jokes sometimes. Um, very pleasant. Never gets upset. Not that they've lost a lot lately, but never gets too upset. Never raves about his team, but you can also tell when he's feeling it because he'll talk about like their trust <laughs> like that's how you know that's how you knew brad was feeling it when he would talk about like teamness or trust or or guys impacting winning that's that's when he was really feeling good about his team when when he would go straight to the buzzwords and Missoula's he's all about the buzzwords too big buzzword guy big buzzword guy big bubblegum guy um i've started calling him bazooka joe uh it seemed to caught on way more than your stupid legion of boone nickname um no one has seemed to use that's because you try to force it force what bazooka joe bazooka joe well i've got people doing uh you know photoshops of uh bubbles after game i didn't see any legion of boone photoshops that's because i don't force it that's because i'm a fan my nickname my nickname with the zeitgeist, with the people, and you are just a, a journalist who's got his uh, look, finger on the look, pulse. My nickname didn't hit; it didn't stick, and I move on. That's just how it goes. Can't get too high. Can't get too you don't low. Try, you don't try to force it. You don't try to make the people want it. You just see what the people go with, and you adjust. And so, I I am very much a nickname traditionalist, if you will. Um, I go where the people go. I don't steer the people where I want them to go. So you, there's a huge difference there. Jay King, decidedly not an influencer. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> that seems pretty clear. <laughs> um, I think it's just a good reminder to the folks out there and to Michael who tried to challenge us on this fact earlier that literally anything is potable. Something he brought up in January, we reportedly, allegedly, I'll say, responded with silence, but we talked about it tonight because literally, anything is potable! What a weird move to respond in silence, though, if we if we did do that. I don't remember doing that, but just strange. Well, it was a crazy idea to try and get uh, some team to take on Ennis Kander and Dennis Schroeder, but I don't remember. I don't think we'd respond to a question in silence. Yeah, but I guess we did. Uh, and now we're potting about it. Now we're potting. Anything is potable. Anything is potable. Thanks for listening, folks. You wouldn't even let me get the last anything is potable. <laughs> You're right. You got it now, bro. <laughs> God damn right.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.